0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts.
1: The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club.
0: Welcome to episode 24 of the Celtic Exchange, this is Tino and today I'm joined by Paddy and James. Today's episode will likely feature a couple of how did that happens, a few I can't can't believe that's, and hunters are what the f*** as we somehow try to make sense of the sorry place Celtic now find themselves in, following the breakdown of talks with Eddie Howe on Friday. To get us started, I'm going to read out the short statement that the club released just after 5pm on Friday, which as you can imagine, really got the bank holiday weekend off to a flyer. Following very positive and detailed discussions with Eddie Howe, with the belief that he would be an excellent candidate for the position of Celtic manager, we allowed time for the process, given he'd previously made it clear he was not looking to return to management until this summer at the earliest. We can now confirm that Eddie, first name terms, very nice, will not be joining the club for reasons out with both his and Celtic's control. And we'll definitely revisit that line just in a few moments. We wish Eddie success for the future. As part of the ongoing process, we have engaged with a number of candidates. We fully appreciate our fans will be seeking clarity on this matter. And we aim very shortly to announce the appointment of a manager with the quality and desire to take Celtic forward and bring further success to our supporters. Paddy, I'll come to you first. What do you make of that statement in general? And how do you feel about things at this moment in time?
2: I think the uh, statement's pretty much a... A bit of a smokescreen, in my opinion. I'm sitting here quite. I'm seething about what's happened in the last the last weekend there. Bank holiday weekend and all. Guys, come on, play the game. It's been really poor. I think uh, from the get go, from from Friday, there was rumours that there was, there was something potentially happening that day, and then this this one rumour started floating about that it's it's not on. It's not happening. It's not happening. I didn't take much into it. We've been fed rumours for the past three months, and I was expecting some good news. Um, heard news about security getting tightened up at Celtic Park you're starting to think right that's that's positive and then strange one is I heard staff are getting sent home from the stadium and that made me think a wee bit hang on a minute why are they getting sent home and then all of a sudden a story breaks from Stephen McGowan at the Daily Mail who is very close to Celtic, so I take a lot of his stuff as gospel, to be honest. And then the next thing we see is two uh, major podcasts that follow, fan media podcasts that follow Celtic, releasing information that they've been given from the club. Now, that's fine. If that's going to be your channel to come and speak to us, okay. But it reeks of desperation, in my opinion. I've got here just now, obviously, one of the podcasts uh, that that came out to us was Celts Are Here. Good guys there. One of the things that they'd said was... And the second part was after the playoffs of Bournemouth, Eddie had tried to assemble his team. Some of them didn't want to relocate to Glasgow. Others can't get away from Bournemouth. He was unwilling to take the job without the team he wanted and pulled out. Now, for me, straight away, three months of negotiations, you know if your backroom uh, staff are coming to this club or not. And... Information that they've received from Celtic is totally contradictory, in my opinion, with that statement as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm finding it very hard to to believe that, to be completely honest with you. It just sounds like, you know, as you say, part of a smoke screen, smoke screen for something else that's gone on. You said that staff get sent home early from Celtic Park on Friday. Was any of those members of staff the CEO for not doing his job right? <laughs> just <laughs> getting would, sent up the road? Wouldn't be surprised if he got away quickly. Yeah, away you go never have a think about what you've done. Yep. James, what be yourself? Surprised, disappointed, scunnered, all of the above?
1: Strangely relaxed. Woof. Given that this is just how Celtic do things and I've had so many apples off of Celtic's tree, all the how hype that was building, people sending videos of his coaching techniques and I would love to see that and you know, I did really do really like to see new techniques from new managers. I didn't look at any of it, I'd say to yourself actually I'm holding out for you know the, the point of announcement before starting into that and fall in love with the guy as, as a lot of folk had done. When it came to the point, as Paddy has said, you know, you've got the statement there, you've got the contradictory evidence, they kind of clash. And the fact that you've got supposedly skilled negotiators, that that's a meeting one point in negotiation. What do you want? I want this and I want this kind of team. Are they on board? Are they coming with us? Yes or no? If it's a no, it's an unknown, it's a can't control, then you can't put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah, either need to say, well, go and sort it out and come and talk to us or just leave it, we're going to talk to someone else and Celtic have done neither. It's just, it it smacks of unprofessionalism from well-paid people. Um, You'd mentioned there just, you know, surely nobody'd be foolish enough to spend
0: hours and hours and hours watching videos of a manager that's not actually coming to Celtic who would do such a thing. Um, Should really have used that time better to maybe pick up in beginner's French or something, but I've I've blown that time. So to get back to the statement um, and the line that that I stressed there, Eddie will not be joining the club for reasons out with both his and Celtic's control. I'm struggling to believe that it can be both of those things. However, what do you lads think that these reasons possibly could be uh, that neither Celtic nor Eddie Howe can control? Because listen, I don't think we've heard the reasons through statements or anything official.
1: That's my key point on it is why should we be speculating as to what those reasons are when we've got a supposed communications specialist taken over at the helm? That is a poor communication from Celtic that leaves you watching and wondering what's going to happen or why did this happen? Mm -hmm. So that's my main point on on the statement is it's from a communication specialist who's poor at communication. Mm, seems to be.
0: I mean, the, the the main theory coming out that you touched on, Paddy, is that there seems to be a reluctance from some of Hugh's backroom team to move to Glasgow, or, you know, if other uh, bloggers are to be believed... That Celtic were unwilling to pay the compensation to release these guys from their Bournemouth contracts. A suggestion was that Celtic were saying, "Well, you can pay that money, but that will come out of your transfer budget, and maybe that's been a stalemate. We just don't know." But it's like to use an analogy, it's like Celtic try to shop at somewhere like Harrods, but turn up at the till with your TK Max vouchers and wondering why you can't get what you're wanting. It's just it's amateur at best, and you know, just it doesn't add up, does it? You know, this. I mean, what's your take on that theory, Paddy, about the backroom team? So see,
2: see if that's going to be the case. If that's the line that they're trying to take is that they're actually starting to think, well, we're only going to give X, Y or Z to this to this account and we're going to try and get these guys in and we're not going to pay over the odds for it. Mm-hmm. See, next season, it's more important to us than, than it has been in a lot of years. Now, we take nothing away from the nine in a row. We take nothing away from the triple treble. We've got to look at the fact that we failed spectacularly last season. And now this season is a huge rebuild. It's not just getting a manager in. It's from top to bottom. It's a huge, huge change. And they're taking a huge gamble. So see see if the money's there. The money's there. You go and get the manager that you want. You give him everything that he wants. Whether he's there for one season, two seasons, four. Or if he's there for half a season, if he makes a mess of it. You've got to put the money into that. And they've not done it. They've not done it. They've, they've failed. And now we're actually scrambling about looking to see who's available. Because our season starts... Training starts in, what, two, three weeks? 17th of June. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things on that that is really annoying me is that we are led to believe that it's down to how. Mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't buy that. And I think it's very poor.
0: That, that's the thing. So one of the questions I was going to ask you, fellas, is who do you blame? And I think, you know, you know, I know who you blame, but basically a lot of fans... I, I, some fans have turned on Eddie Howe. You know he wasn't big enough for for this in the first place, and you know this this wasn't the right fit for him, and he's he's led us down the garden path. Actually, Celtic should never have given him the opportunity to do so. So as you said, James, early on in negotiations, you set some you know red lines, and you say right, what's the what's the absolute musts for this to possibly happen, and you can work out the finer detail as you go along, but a basic, like, right, who are you going to bring with you? That should probably have featured in conversation one, and actually, it probably did, and as I say, I'm not believing that the fact that these guys aren't willing to come to Glasgow is the, the real reason behind it.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. One of the things I would say as well, come uh, back to this, so... Another big factor of our season next year is obviously there's been a, a full year without fans. The money that the club's brought in is probably not the same amount. Uh, we're not going to make the same amount of money in transfers that we, we used to do with selling players because clubs have reined it in. And I can see why that possibly contradicts what I've just said. But having said that, how was a name that fans wanted? And I tell you something, I think the renewal process is going to be really, really slow this year.
0: It'll be really patchy. Till yeah. they, well, A, it'll be C who it may be and we'll get into that in a, mo- a moment and also just where the fans are in terms of their faith with the club even James just in a, in a numbers game if you appoint Eddie Hout, now I asked a question on Twitter yesterday about is there any manager left in the game at this moment in time and I mean a realistic manager you know available to Celtic that would or could galvanise the support and I'm not sure there is I got a variety of answers including Henrik Larsson no less <laughs> lovely fella, but come on, uh, and various other different suggestions. But each of those suggestions was met met with responses as to why he would or wouldn't be a success, i.e. not somebody that would galvanise his support. And I think how is as close to, to what we could have got. I think he was, you know, based in the market, the Celtic shopping from Andrew, he was possibly the best we could get, in my opinion. And now we're no doubt looking at second best. And whoever's taking the job knows he's second best. How do you think he'll feel about that?
1: Take to your first point That you know Getting bums on seats You saw what happened With Rodgers You signed a high calibre manager And it was an absolute Money spinner Just look at the P&L sheet For Rodgers time Fans he brought back European money All that stuff If you sign a how He was going to put Bums on seats Whenever people can Get in the stadium That's the kind of manager That wasn't just going to Solve your football problem It was going to solve Your P&L problem as well I think there's plenty Of options out there That will solve the football problem It's a technical thing You can solve that With the right people And the right structure And I, th- I think will end up doing that, but you're not going to solve the, the bums and seats problem. Who's out there that could, you know, be a box office manager? I don't hear anything. People are clamouring a wee bit back to the Keane thing because he was a great footballer for... Man United And you know What's he done in management To justify After having done nothing For 10 years Coming into Celtic So I think we should Nip that kind of thing In the bud Although Celtic would be happy To correct me on that And go and sign him tomorrow Yeah I hear there's a high profile guy In the J League at the moment But we'll cover that uh, He might
0: come up A wee bit later on Um, In terms of uh, Other theories On Eddie Howe And why he may not be Willing to come to Glasgow It has been mentioned And I think it's valid You know And and we can see how much Weight there is in this But the George Square riots A few weeks ago petrol bombs to Peter Lowell And different things like that Would that that make someone such as Eddie Howe mild-mannered easy-going kind of guy nice life on the south coast would that make him and his family think twice about making such a move he's very well off financially um, he'll have his pick of some other clubs whether it be Palace or, or anyone else of that nature does he need this and I think listen he's obviously been interested in the Celtic project the fact that he's been doing the dance with us for three months but you know has he maybe seen that as there credibility in that maybe been the reason why he's been put off I think
1: for Eddie Howe not so much cause I think he'd bought into it but it might be one of his crucial Backroom guys Who says look Eddie I saw what happened there A couple of weeks ago I don't need that What what about Missy So
0: being realistic About it It's not just about Eddie House. So he's rerouting his family Potentially And you know His wife and kids You know Might look at that And go That's Bedlam Because listen It made national news It was doing the rounds
1: And some of the footage Was horrendous For what went on In the town A couple of weeks ago It's one thing For it to happen And you know Potential managers Seeing that It's another thing entirely for the head of your Scottish Football Association to come out and defend that, defend the clubs involved in that. Mm -hmm. That's quite terrifying because you're thinking, well, wait a minute, it happened, fair enough, but where's the condemnation? You're getting some nice talk from political figures, but you actually get the SFA coming out and saying, oh, ah, but, but. That was quite poor for me, well, beyond poor. Yeah, so... Perhaps we'll never know, you know, it sounds like Celtic and and
0: Eddie, not Eddie Howe, but Eddie, are on good terms, so maybe they'll all just keep counsel on that and and we'll never find out the real reasons behind it. I suppose we've maybe covered this, but just to put it back to you, James, how should Celtic have conducted these discussions? Because I say it's three months to fail, you know, should we have made the offer to him time-bound to avoid the result we've had, or, uh, you know, have we showed weakness by giving too much power in this negotiation to Howe and
1: his team? It is personnel. Celtic don't seem to have, and we've seen it for maybe the last four, five, six years, don't have professional negotiators. So nothing about this whole how debacle tells me there's been any professional negotiating going on. I think there's maybe a wee bit of Celtic, I'm not sure what they want. They want Eddie Howe, but they want to protect against a Rogers situation where team leaves. So they're trying to have a one foot safety of we'll have our structure and you come in and Eddie Howe says, well, you know, like a lot of managers do, I'll come in but I'll bring my team. And that's you know what it went wrong with Lennon of many reasons it went wrong with Lennon, but that was one that he didn't have his team. Mm-hmm. So Celtic are maybe kind of one foot safety on this We'll create the structure You came come in as coach So they're going into a negotiation Not really knowing what they want to achieve They want the guy From the get-go You approach that You say we want this You want that Thanks for you know, coming out to talk to us But let's just shake hands and walk away Yeah it seems that Celtic haven't had that
0: willingness. They've just gone in With and basically, They've been looking to accept Everything that Eddie Howe has suggested And you know That's not a great position to be in And lo and behold We find ourselves where well
2: See beyond that though uh, On that point about Obviously bringing the manager in And then the worry about leaving him hmm. You look at the majority of um, Premier League teams um, and even teams across the continent that have lost managers this year. There's people in the background, whether your manager's doing well, looking at the next manager. Mm. It has to happen in football. Of it course. has to happen in football. And one of the things with Celtic as well, we made £9 million off Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, he yeah. so, was there. you know, if that's going to happen, the money for how, if he does the same job or, or close to it, is going to be the same amount, enough to go to a club, be ready, pay compensation to another team. Yeah, you know,
0: it's I'd be amazed if this compensation required to Bournemouth for Stephen Purchase and, and Weatherstone and maybe Richard Hughes, if that amounted to more than 9000000 million, I'd be blown away by that. A couple of billion. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that smacks of Peter little. It, again, it's, it's what tells me that that's just not the reason. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the, the biggest frustration. I'm never wanting to call for people's heads and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't like that as a practice. But should somebody at Celtic be taking responsibility for this? And if so, who? Because we've got this muddying of the waters that Peter Lowell is still doing his thing so we're about to enter into June the final month of his of his tenure here at Celtic is he still CEO with Dominic Mackay shadowing him or is yeah. Dominic Mackay doing CEO work that's the thing so I know he doesn't officially start his CEO duties till 1st of July but what is he doing has he been involved in this negotiation has Dermot Desmond come down from the ivory tower and said I'm going to take control Again, you know, what do you suspect or do you think we'll ever you know, get an, an idea of who's responsible for this? I don't think anyone's... Um, I think they're getting away with it. Do you know something?
2: I, I think that there's no structure there just now. We've been told we've been, from the very, very rare communication from them this season, we've been told that the restructure will take place from the 1st of July. Again, that seems quite late, you hope that there has been planning in the background, but it doesn't seem to be the case. It's, it still seems quite calamitous. I think if it falls on someone's doorstep, it's going to be lols, but guess what?
1: He's leaving. Yeah, There's so. a bit of, you know, two heads, you've got the CEO, well three, CEO and the CEO and the owner So you've got Dom Mackay, you've got Peter Lowell, you've got Dermot Desmond If Peter Lowell, and you maybe need to give Mackay a pass on this because it predates his tenure, right? So Possibly, let's, let's yeah. take Mackay out of the equation for now You've got Lowell who says, right, okay, I can, I can attract an Eddie Howe Harkin is Desmond's guy, so Desmond wants Harkin to come in and that clashes with that negotiation so you've got this and certainly have been doing it for so long this bipolar way of going forward where they want two things at the same time it's just not achievable when you have that Desmond wants one thing and Law wants another Desmond's going to win that argument every time so as much as I'm saying this is at Law's door he's only working within the parameters that Desmond gives him. I've said something of this ilk for a long time now on the podcast
0: in terms of I take it right back to Shane Duffy bear with me I don't blame Shane Duffy for being on that park I blame Neil Lennon for picking him. I don't blame Neil Lennon for picking him. I blame Peter Lowell for picking Neil Lennon in the showers so long ago. And I then don't blame Peter Lowell for making that call because I believe that was Dermot Desmond's call. So it goes right to the very top. So as much as Dermot Desmond isn't directly impacting or making football decisions... There's a trickle-down effect there and it's it's the way Celtic are just now. We mentioned the term state of flux in recent weeks and it's absolutely where we find ourselves and there's confusion across the board. If you think we're confused, imagine what it's like internally where you've got, I, I think of that Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man is pointing at Spider-Man and it's uh, Dominic Mackay pointing at Peter Lowell. What are you doing here? Not Aye. Dominic Cummins. <laughs> Aye, <genius. laughs> so these two CEOs stare at each other going, well, if you're the CEO and I'm the CEO, what are we doing here? So it's just, it's mass confusion all around. So troubling situation, no doubt. Now, in terms of moving forward, which easier said than done, just given the misery of the last few days, but quote unquote, talks are now at an advanced stage with an alternative candidate, according to the BBC, Sky Sports, various high profile journalists, which is all well and good if true. And But before we go into, you know, who we think that might be, I've got quite a serious question to ask here. And the question is, Communication came out on Wednesday for the season ticket campaign and all the kind of the noise around that, and obviously that wasn't very well received either. But do you think the Celtic board were aware that talks with how had broken down when the season ticket campaign went live on Wednesday afternoon, or do you think this caught them on the hop or on the back foot
1: sometime after that Wednesday night Thursday? It's quite a serious allegation because one hundred percent they knew you don't. If your manager's potentially coming two days later, you don't put the season tickets out two days before. There's no way that Celtic didn't know this had unravelled, probably as early as Sunday, Monday. And they've thought, shit, we need to get that out, you know. But do you think they thought it was salvageable, i.e. if this was dead in the water, and then they've gone out with those comms on Wednesday afternoon, that's criminal. I think they'll have thrown the kitchen sink at it after putting the season ticket, out, thinking we might be able to scramble this together, and only Thursday, Friday realise it's actually dead in the water.
2: I think... Um I would go the opposite on that. I, I definitely think, I agree 100%, they knew that this deal was dead in the water, but I think they knew before the books came out. A massive thing for me was the statement released, letting us all know that the tickets were coming. And a crucial line in it is, we hope to have had an announcement. Yeah. That right yeah. there was, for me, looking on
0: hindsight, is, is, is game over. Do you think it was, and it's important here, I know I'm, I'm you know, being pedantic about it, but If it was dead in the water, if the deal was off, if Eddie Howe said, I'm not coming for whatever the reason is, and they went, right, okay, we still need to get these tickets out. That is, there's been a lot of undermining of fans in recent times. Miss selling at best. And and that's a serious allegation, so I've been very careful about it. But the bottom line is, again, we'll never, ever find out the timeline on that. But the fact that it's even a suggestion tells you where the trust levels are between Mm. us as supporters and the board, and it's seriously troubling, no doubt. I wouldn't, nothing surprises me just now, though, because the narrative is,
2: this guy's out on his way out the door. So, you know, he's made his money for this club He's going to leave anything that he does From now up until the 1st of July Because it's still a long time, by the way I
1: wouldn't be surprised The only thing I'd say in defence of that And, you know, I've not been a law fan for a long, long time But he is a Celtic fan You know, he doesn't wish Celtic ill he, he'd, You know, he wouldn't just go out and, you know Set the place on fire and his way at the door Deliberately, <laughs> you know As much as inadvertently seems to have done He's not going to be doing stuff that is bad for us in the future Because, you know, he's a Celtic fan He wants Celtic to do well
2: I agree um, with what you're saying. I just think that there's a bit of a gap between board level and supporters at the moment, and it's not just Lowell. Obviously, we, we talk about the link between Law and then and then Dermot Desmond. We've actually got a, a board who have no, uh, from what I've seen from general meetings, they've no time for the supporters at all. Some yeah. of that, some of the comments made by Ian Bankier towards our fans Shocking. has been de- deplorable. I'm not saying he's not a Celtic fan, but what I'm saying is is that they have a hierarchy. They know that we are below them in their eyes. And I, I can't go that. That's that's yeah. my view on
1: it. I'm happy to see that Bankier's not a Celtic fan as much as lawless is. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's funny because Ian Banker just does not feel a fit for Celtic
0: Football Club or, near it. or what we all think of and, and, and want to think of a Celtic Football Club. But he has a very different approach to things. And it's, you know, we can't blame him for poor negotiations because that's not the role of a chairman. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he does not fit with the, the ethos of the club that, you know, that we all think of. And you're right, Pad- Paddy, there's, a, there's this dismissive approach to the fans. And do you know what? You know, football clubs across the world, certainly across the UK... In their own boardrooms, to a huge extent, they probably all feel like that, you know, mm-hmm. as a board, they're intelligent people and they, they, they do and should know better. But it shouldn't feel like that to the fans. Do you know that way? It's almost like, kid is onward important and it would even be a wee bit better. I. I.e., make your communications clearer in terms of what we offer and how we can work together on different things. But there is, it, it always comes out, you know, you get meetings between fan groups just now and the Celtic Trust and different things and they obviously record the minutes and they give you the warts and all as as opposed to the club which actually I don't think they release anything post these meetings and that's when you see the tone that's being taken you hear about how you know who stood up in the room or on the Zoom call uh, and how they've spoken about you know any propositions and different things now even if Celtic don't you know, believe in different propositions and I've got my own thoughts on different things and share issues and whatever else. There's still a way to deliver those messages and I just think disdain is the word. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at, it's way back to the pre-94 Celtic board and the only excuse sketch was, the board's kind of motto was Leah's a lane, but gear as money. Do you remember 94, Paddy? I can, I can remember <laughs> only in excuse. use.
0: My grandparents told me a little bit before. You're forgetting, James, that Paddy's a youth policy here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so moving on, Um, obviously the name in the frame, you know, talks at an advanced stage and, and even more so uh, overnight. We're now on Sunday. But the big name in the frame is Big Angie, uh, Angie Postegoglou. Post as <laughs> That's easy for you to say, Barry. <laughs> uh, so, 55-year-old, Greek-born uh, Australian. His career mostly has been in the A-League in Australia. Uh, various clubs there. South Melbourne, Brisbane Roar, Melbourne Victory. And now finds himself in the J-League with Yokohama Marino, who had a, a nice 2-1 win last night. Obviously, I was keeping an eye on the score. Uh, we're here again, but what do you think What is you, you know? what's your initial impressions on this guy it's amazing that we find ourselves back at this at this juncture isn't it talking about guys that we barely know and what their record is and will they be a good fit and different things but what's your first impression Paddy
2: if it's um, Fergal Harkin coming in the door and the how deals off it's can you get someone that we could possibly do the job that's, yeah. that's all it is through yeah. the city group, and through, all
0: the all these city group yeah. through the yeah. city group bring back Ronnie if this is the case yeah why not? Because it's it's the exact same thing. Yeah. It, it's akin to Ronnie Dyla and it's also akin to Pedro Cucina. It's one of these guys who's been reasonably successful. Not certainly Heather like successful mm-hmm. by the way but reasonably, reasonably successful in a different part of the world and people have thought ah, he's a decent coach actually. Why don't we just have a go? And that's what it is. This is having a go, it's Mm -hmm. rolling the dice and gambling with next year already. Eddie Howe would have been as as sure a bet as you could have got that would have competed and potentially reclaimed the title. This is just 50-50. You know, just toss the coin and see what happens.
2: And I go back to what I said earlier on. Um, You're trying to sell season tickets. You need the money from season tickets to put up a fight for next season.
0: Yeah, and there's, there's a basic chicken and egg thing there as well because, again, if you speculate and spend the money on a guy like Eddie Howe, you sell out the season tickets and all the revenue that 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 brings. You might find a Ronnie Dyla banners in the top tier situation here with with Big Angie where you sell 25, 30,000 tickets and as you say, Paddy, it'll be a trickle. You know, it won't be 15,000 renewing as soon as he announced it'll be a couple of thousand this week, a couple of thousand here and Celtic will Stumbling in the new season They'll also be reluctant To spend Because if if you Sell out the season tickets You know there's 25 to 30 odd million Coming in there Guaranteed If you see A, a slow response to that And you're going That 25 30 is now looking like 12 million Or 10 million Or 14 million Whatever You can't then go and buy The, the speculative 8 million pound striker You might need to settle For the two and a half million pound experiment striker. All these things have a knock-on effect. So, and you'd like to think, you know, it seems very obvious, but you'd like to think the board are well, well aware of that. So
1: with that being the question, why are they targeting this unknown figure? But this goes back to the, the two problems, the technical problem of a football manager, football coach, football management structure and selling season tickets. I suppose there's a third element to that is attracting players. That Eddie Howe does, as you may or may not. I actually think, and this is where I'm quite relaxed about the technical Side of the solution, put a structure in with Fergal Harkin with the right personnel and it professionalises Celtic's football department and you bring in a coach, whoever else, you know, Ronnie, for example. I think, you know, from a football perspective, they can solve that problem. I really do. They can't sell season tickets on that name. And I would doubt they can attract the same level of calibre of player that an Eddie Howe could. So it's threefold as a problem. It's the players you can attract the technical problem of the football management team and the season tickets you can sell. You know, the, the bankability of, of a house signing, you get the season tickets done in two, three weeks.
0: Yeah. Also with the the type of players that are certainly an unknown in this part of the world. You know, I'm not dismissing Big Ange because I'm struggling with surname at the moment, so we'll just call him that. But I'm not dismissing, you know, what he is or what he may be as a coach. But in terms of, yeah, as you say, James, Who he can attract in the European game? It's a it's a serious you know question. You know who will will want to come and play for this unknown and and this gamble of a season. But also, what will his knowledge be of the European game? It's not a place where he's had to shop before. You know he'll look around. You know in those kind of I suppose he he won't really be doing that that's he, the whole part of the structure but, is Harkin will be in charge of all of that but he'll have sign off on it and that's the thing or, or you he should have sign off that, I don't That's don't know if the he will. Line. Harkin should so the, the, the way I see it working is your manager comes to your director of football so let's say Ange to Harkin and says right I need a left back and a right back and a striker and a centre mid and everyone else. Let's not going that. <laughs> but he will say that this is who I need. So Harkin, with his extensive European knowledge, will go into the you know the market there and shop around, and you know the budget will remain to be seen. But he will then come back and say, okay, I've got you these three left backs, and and or the head coach will have to make the call on who that's going to be. And you know that lack of knowledge. You know, he, he will he will rely stronger on Harkin than any other coach might have done because how knows the game here? You he know, is Britain and he'll, he'll know European players and he'll have that extensive knowledge and that database. Whoever comes in as a head coach and say it is under Harkin, it remains to be seen what they're knowledgeable like and recruitment is the most important thing this summer.
1: Huge. I think we're going to see another season of um a lot of loan signings. That's the absolute last thing you need in a season where yep. winning the league takes you straight into the Champions League. Yep. And And that, that's where, you know, if Celtic got the ten wrong, that's fine. You, know, you can all make mistakes it's not fine obviously but let's say it's done once you've made a mistake like that you say okay let's not make it worse and they're saying no let's make it worse mm-hmm. right. it, it feels like it's going to get worse before it gets better and it's you know if the season's not even started
0: in fact last season you know the scottish cup was only last weekend yeah. and we're already feeling the worst
2: i'm not enamored by this i'm not in like excited by th- this guy's name that's for me to to possibly eat more own words i'd love to eat more own words at the end of next season i think we've got to give the guy a chance I would support them absolutely. Like anyone that would take the hot seat, but it's very underwhelming. It
1: really is. I I think you make a good point because there is noises from Celtic fans saying, you know, I'm a bit kind of apathetic about it all Mm. and I'll I'll not support. I mean, any Celtic manager may have some crackers over the years, Mm -hmm. but any manager, once he's in the seat, that's it. He gets our full backing. The thing is, we're talking about a guy who a Celtic can negotiate with. This could go absolutely nowhere. Yeah, true. I know no record. In
0: a short three months' time, he could be telling us that <laughs> he, he <laughs> can't get the backroom team from Yokohama Marino to, <laughs> to negotiate out their contract. So, and that's the thing. He might be, you know, a masterstroke. And, and I, I, I joked on Twitter on Friday night. I, I spent a bit of time reading a couple of interviews and watching some videos about him. There's some things, that, there's definitely something to him. Yeah. You know, he's got credibility as a coach, but it's just whether he can translate that from what he's done in that part of the world.
2: I've done a bit of reading myself and there's a chat like, oh, he's, he doesn't take a lot of rubbish from media. He doesn't take this, he uh, doesn't take that.
1: You would do, but maybe it's time that stops. Oh, absolutely. Because but we know how
2: weighted that is. It's such a big season for this guy that, you know, it's goldfish ball time for him. And if we, we don't uh, hit the ground running with him and the media are on his back, apparently he's very close to, Walking out a couple of times in different jobs He has he walked, walked out. out of Australia
0: yeah. Yeah. He took Australia at the World Cup And then Then he qualified out. and didn't yeah. take the
2: 2018 World Cup uh, the, re- the reason for that is They um, said to, to him they wanted qualification only He wanted to implement a football style Bring mm-hmm. through the younger players All the old guards were going And they still say to him no So he's quite um, Headstrong Headstrong, yeah He wants to just basically make the decision there and then, Which, you know, could, could be a good thing for Celtic Under a new structure um, But Again, just such an important season. Do we need a hot hothead?
0: Also, also, a headstrong guy who's actually not calling the shots. Well,
2: that, that's, a, that's
1: a
0: clash. Yeah. Yeah, he's got someone above him. You actually wonder that. That's the kind of thing that could end in tears after about four weeks. You know, him and Harkin fall out. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, Pedro Coutinho was headstrong, but as hmm. they say, the, the dog keeps barking, James, and the caravan rolls on. So I wonder if we'll get quotes of that nature from can- the new man.
2: Kangaroo keeps barking.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, that, you know, it, it seems that, you know, there's something there and it's something quite advanced. People have also spoken. Obviously, you know this has been met with all sorts of responses online, and people are furious at the, you know, what this might look like. There's examples, so and this is an example of a long time ago now. But someone says, "Well, hold on a minute." Arsene Wenger came from the the J League. He did, and, and was obviously hugely successful, but is that a, an outlier in a world where there's so many guys that have come from backwaters and failed? You know, For every Arsene Wenger, there's a, I don't have an example to hand, but do you know what I mean? There's so many others that, that won't have succeeded. For every Wim Jansen that we hadn't heard of, you know, relatively yeah, speaking, lost stuff, these you know. guys, well, but Jansen is successless. Is my point, you know, these guys have come from nowhere, had success, so it's not that these guys need to be household names to be successful, but it
1: certainly gives you confidence. I would have... Confidence in Eddie Howe being a success here, you know, as much as there's, I could. There's a lot of kind of false equivocation and saying, oh, he did that. So he can do that. And it's apples and ball and balls, you know, two guys, you know, and, and you, you just don't know. So there's no point in really speculating on that because you don't know enough about him and his style. So. But I like speculating. It's I, fun. I think a big factor in it as well is I think,
2: you know, the guy's what, 55? Yeah. I think that's a huge factor for a lot of fans as well. You know, he's not, he's done, he's done a good job over in Japan. He's done a good job over in Australia. We can't really comment on their leagues. We don't watch the football over there. I take that for granted. But he's not done anything in Europe. What's stopped him from taking the... Well, he had a brief spell in Greece. Um, yeah. But he's not taking a huge jump to a team in Europe. What's stopped that from happening? That's what I want to know. If he's yeah. if he's this good, because he's, he's been getting uh, great reviews of um, players that have played
0: under him. If he's this good, why is he not made the jump earlier than that? Why well, has no one asked him? Yeah. He he himself's got a be in his bun about that. There's a, a couple of interviews uh, of the ones I watched and he feels there's a, a serious, you know, negative perception of coaches in his part of the world and he believes that the you know, they're not given a chance. As he would say, you know, he'll fight his corner and stuff. But yeah, you're right, Paddy, I wonder why Other clubs have looked around. I mean, he's part of the City group. So if they thought he was that good, why have they not brought him into Europe and, you know, to one of their clubs? You know, there's various commentators. You'll have seen them on Twitter in the last couple of days, guys on, you know, ESPN in that part of the world. And they're saying he's a phenomenal coach. And, you know, once he implements his methods, you you watch this guy go in different things. But these guys are all guys that are very familiar with him in that part of the world and they'll rave about him. They've no idea of not just Scottish football, which is a, a unique beast in itself, but European football and the different styles over here. And, you know, just there's just absolutely no you know reason to believe that if you're successful in Australia, you can translate that over here. The one thing that he notably done was binned Bob Malcolm early bells when he took over. <laughs> in Australia. Man and so there, 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 there's credibility there. You know, <laughs> he, he's, got, he's got money in the bank for me for that kind of move. But no, it remains to be seen. It's an interesting appointment, but it's so left field. And, you know, this whole talk about. We hope to appoint somebody very soon in different things. It took them three months not to appoint Eddie Howe. So why should we believe that in the next few days we'll just swoop up and deal with this in an efficient manner, in a
1: professional manner? They've, they've briefed the media, you know, through back channels quite extensively to try and salvage some kind of PR out of it. Mm. To say, don't worry, it, it's it's happening. So it, it does look like, if you look at Andy Joseph and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's looking like, you know, top end to middle of next week. I had Celtic are involved. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, the, the deciding factor. I was reading something on
0: the the record quite late last night and it was as you say that the squirrels are out there in the press and it was an article about how Celtic have been tracking this guy for months, months yeah. Yeah. now somebody at the club has said we're lacking credibility here this guy is getting met with derision we need to to up his stock so let it be known that we didn't just wick a piece <laughs> this let, let, let we didn't just do what we did <laughs> aye, aye <laughs> let them know that what actually happened isn't what we want them to think What happened, yeah. uh, and that we've actually been tracking this guy extensively and we always had a plan B it's just utter nonsense and we're getting treated like mugs I,
1: I think there can be truth on that we're talking about Fergo Harkin by the as if that's a foregone conclusion I know There's not been Not been any mention of him In structure You know they could be bringing in Ange as the sole manager In his backroom team We just don't know But let's say There was talk of Harkin Way way back If that was a move And you weren't going for a how Then it is An Ange type coach So There's maybe It's not extensive you know, research into him or, or contact with him, but there's been maybe been the first contact with Harkin comes along and say, Who do you think would be a coach? So blah 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 blah. And he's maybe one of those blah 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 guys.
0: I mean, there was obviously a lot of talk about Harkin for some time, and it looked like his appointment was, was imminent. And then the Richard Hughes chat came about, and I do believe that's been a bit of a, an issue within the negotiation with Eddie Howe. But it seemed to be that Hughes was then going to be the man, so Fairfield's been told. Thanks but no thanks And now it's like Oh hold on a minute Pick up your phone Fair go we need to chat again There's just a lot of messing about For a lot of people I'd made the point earlier on A lot of the folk we're bringing in Are second best And that's the bottom line So you know we understand football is a strange game at times You can't always get your number one target But we've failed spectacularly Not to get a number one target
2: We have And I think on that though Like I don't really buy that You're the second choice par Uh, I, I think that We have failed here But to say that we've been tracking this guy And no, we're going to him. I don't, I don't buy that. Four months of tracking him, no. I think you're going to him and saying, this is what's happened. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want uh, to play? Yeah. Um, I also think as well, sorry, um, I think that there's a lot of people are kind of bringing Keane's name back into it. Mm-hmm. Not for one minute do I think Keane would sit and wait to be second choice If because that, that's the way he would see it. Yeah. Whereas I think other managers would be like, no, that's fine. I understand the process.
0: I think you're right. And that question was asked as well you know, how would this guy feel and, and, and what does it say about him that he'll take the job? It's football and it's the game. Of course it you is. You know, yeah. the, man, the managerial merry-go-round, you know, takes off and different things happen. And often, I, I mean, the, the suggestion is that Martin O'Neill was second choice after Gus think Yeah. You know, so yeah. in terms of successes, that one worked out okay. Paddy, you mentioned there, and I, I hate the fact that we're going back to the well here to look at some of the other names and we're not going to spend any time, o- time on them. But as you mentioned, Roy Keane's name's been fired around. Uh, Lucien Favre, former uh, Dortmund manager, very well respected seems to be quoted whether they could afford him I don't know then there's the obvious ones the Steve Clarks the John Kennedys and the Frank Lampards again to go back to that question do any of them galvanise and actually is there any point in us
1: speculating because we just don't know what's going to happen Favre does you know because Favre fits that kind of model that we're talking about the rest don't I think when we talk about the season book selling part and I know he can do a job and he's a nice man, but if Celtic sign Steve Clark as their manager, they're going to really, really struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing to get excited about yeah, a guy like Steve. But I think Mark. we know that the question went around Celtic, you know, could, could we sell season books on the back of a, a Clark signing early on in the process? Mm-hmm. And the word was, no, you can't. Yeah. One of the biggest benefits
0: of Eddie Howe uh, going pear-shaped was all these in-the-no Twitter accounts having a eat, eat humble <laughs> pie. Because there was some absolute nonsense there of people that were so sure and telling us how daft we were and trust me and bro and all this kind of stuff. A lot of nonsense. There's similar guys coming out just now already. You know, a couple of days ago I wasn't aware of Ange, Postecoglou and all that kind of stuff. But now there's guys uh, telling me for sure he's coming in and he's also getting given John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan again. How can they know that? How can people have any sort of idea of that? Or do you guys think there's credibility in it?
1: No don't think there's any credibility.
0: What do you, James? Do you see me think otherwise? You, you don't think he, a guy like Camel have his own backroom team?
1: This is a perfect opportunity to do what they tried to do during the how negotiations and enforce a position of some sort for John Kennedy and maybe Strachan as well. Uh,
0: but w- w- what are we basing that on? Because people seem to have just plucked that out there that, that whether it's Lawwell or, or Don McKay, who's got no loyalty to John Kennedy, why do people feel that
1: Celtic are doing this? Why do people feel that's a move? What's, what's that based on? I mean, it's based on no real fact, but you see that you know Celtic try and cling to some form of John Kennedy. If Kennedy had had a good run here from when he picked up the reins and he didn't, very spectacularly did not have a good run, he'd be in the frame. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a loyalty to John Kennedy. I think John Kennedy could be a future Celtic manager or a good manager somewhere. He's got to get out and stand his own two feet.
2: Yeah, I think
0: yeah, so. I, t- I totally agree with that. The thing about somebody like Ange coming in as opposed to Eddie Howe, He is coming from a completely different part of the world into a whole new environment. And you would say there's then rationale for having someone close to him, there I use the term, that knows the city and knows the club and all that kind of stuff. And John Kennedy actually does tick those boxes. So actually, there would be a lot of sense in that just from a pragmatic point of view. But I think such, you know, as the season that we've just gone
1: through, clean
0: breaks required. Absolutely.
1: You're tainted. Absolutely. I, I mean, I wouldn't even keep, you know, my opinion on the playing staff, never mind the coaching staff, mm-hmm. I would that place and wipe it
2: out. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a, a good saying with John Kennedy that the players respect him, but that, this team's pretty much gone this summer.
0: I know, you're right, Paddy. There is a team of guys that respect him, but they won't be the team of guys no. that take to the park for Celtic next season. So, I mean, the most troubling thing is, so... As I say, you know, we find ourselves in a position here again where we're you know, looking at different names and different things, uh, which is almost 14 weeks. So I think 24th of February was when Neil Lennon left the club, right? So almost 14 weeks ago this week. And, and let's be fair, we knew about it for a long time. Of it course. Was, that was four months late. Yeah, you didn't fall off your chair when he yeah. resigned. That was, that was no surprise, which means the board have known for a long, long time. But what that also means is I, I foolishly thought that the whole Howe thing meant that an Eddie Howe was working in the background. Don't worry any the guys. Aye. There's this contract thing we're born with surely he's in the background you know, looking digitally at the squad that's been and who he can keep and who he needs to let go and, and what positions he needs to fill it's clear that none of that was taking place it probably did he probably had
2: his ideas of who he wanted to bring in but he's not going to give them to Celtic especially if he can maybe end up at a Premier
0: League team yeah so so any work that Eddie Howe was doing some, on, some other club will benefit from that yeah. which means that Little to no planning for next season has now taken place. As you rightfully said earlier on, Paddy, pre season I think is just over two weeks ago on the on the seventeenth of June. So we've got zero prep in place for that, or more worryingly, has prep, you know, been carried out by someone who shouldn't be doing it, whether it be someone in the backroom team, you know, different academy coaches, dare I say Peter Lowell chipping in. The very fact that Patrick Clamalla has been told, you know, he's obviously away now for a couple of quid, but somebody made a football decision there yeah. without knowing that whoever comes in might want to build a strike force around him. Theoretically Well there's also been a
2: pre-season set up as well mm-hmm. uh, All the friendlies the have been confirmed Wales, um, I don't know again That could have been have a vision of how Let's let's take the team down here I, I don't know
1: yeah. it's, uh, There is someone The lack of professionalism Again we can go back to it again Celtic could be allowing An unsigned manager To make suggestions about players And pre-season mm-hmm. training Because the assumption was Blah 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 I mean how cack-handed is that mm. You know I don't know if that's true it looks like he's got credibility yeah there's something to it and in terms of the players
0: themselves I think it's an important question to ask about what impact does all of this have on them so well I've seen some different uh, posts last week on social media with some guys hinting at exciting times ahead I'm I'm thinking of Christopher Julian especially you know they kind of they put a picture up of him in some kind of Teasing kind of line about, you know, good times ahead or whatever it may be Odds and Edward also tweeted uh, or Instagram last week About exciting or excited to have the fans back at Celtic Park and different things All of a sudden there was positive noises coming from the players Who had been very quiet, you know, during the last number of months due to You know, everything that was going on And this looked like almost a very small turning of the corner In terms of there's positive times ahead and good vibes going around The, the rug's been pulled from under their feet as well And, and you know, the question would be you know, again, we're very anxious about what lies ahead for next season. How are players going to feel now? Because this, let's not be too blunt about it. This this is their future. This this is, you know, where they're going to be in life and their families and different things. And all of a sudden something, which I believe they'd been told, it looks like they'd been told, you know, how was in the frame. And that's now changed. So how will they be feeling at this moment in time?
2: The messages that come on to social media from some of the players were in line when the, con- uh, the renewal's coming out. Yeah. And I just think it's a contract obligation to, you know, I wouldn't read too much into it. I still think they likes. like... Say, uh, Edward will still go this summer And I just think You know It's part of their contract Part of the, what the club want Put it out in social media And You know Keep Keep everyone happy Yeah I,
0: maybe, I think it's maybe something Akin to that I don't think they're obliged And footballers are Footballers And they'll do what they want When they want oh, When yeah. they want Yes so
2: Certainly I, wasn't all of them
0: I, And I think But well, that's I the think There was only two or three of them mm-hmm. And I was amazed That Odds and Edward was one of them You know The fact that he came out there And again you can read into all sorts of things and, and they actually mean nothing But it was strange that he Posted at all Because he's the quiet man In general Doesn't say too much at all And for him to then Fan the flames Because he knows What a, a post like that does You know It's, it, it's an interesting one But I, I just thought They maybe got <coughs> Excuse me As excited
1: as we did And it's gone by the I, wayside I, I leaned towards Paddy on that Whether Peter only knew A few passwords For the Twitter accounts At <laughs> it, ZLT players But you know I think it's more of a right, We're going to be talking To your agent About this move put that out which again is potentially my selling and things like that. <laughs> I tell you what I'll get
0: you a 20 million move to the Premiership
1: if you send out a tweet for us <laughs> is that what it's coming put, put nah. it
0: past Celtic <laughs> no you wouldn't put anything past Celtic at all but yeah I, I do fear for the players because there's also the guys that are away on Euros uh, due to the five odd Scotland players who'll obviously be looking back I think they're in a training camp in Spain at this moment in time Um and they'll be looking back and thinking what's going on back there any
1: Celtic player has isn't talked to their agent actively just now is doing themselves a disservice.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're not looking out for their own future.
2: One of the things on that as well, um, looking at the other day, it was not too long after a statement from Celtic. Ryan Christie posted up a picture looking very cheery and happy at training with Scotland and things like that. There is, yeah, there's a bit of a gap there with the
0: The players, I think. Yeah, no doubt. And also, it just leaves you scrambling about for time. We've looked at some different key dates at this moment in time. So as we mentioned, we know that pre-season is 17th of June. The Champions League qualification round two, which I think we're in, is around about 20th, 21st of July. The league itself starts on the 31st of July. It is going to come at us thick and fast and we're nowhere prepped. I mean, without, again, putting too dramatic a point on it, do you feel we're already...
1: Going to have to accept second best again next season? No, not at all. I think these things can be turned around, done professionally, quickly. The gap is a bit of a myth. There's a gap, obviously. It's not as big as it looks because Rangers couldn't have come up against a worse Celtic football team, management team and structure. And there's a quick way to to resolve a lot of that. There's bigger problems around Celtic's ownership, Celtic's board. But the football side of things can be turned around quickly. And as much as we say... He struggled to attract blah 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 players. He can attract players that can do the job. So
0: money also attracts players at the end of the day. Yeah, so, exactly. so they
1: say, I don't know who this Australian fella is,
0: but I like money, yeah. <laughs> and I think I'll have a go at that. Especially again, if the fans are back as well as a as a
2: selling point is yeah. having a full stadium, and it will be full if they make signings quickly and they, and they they show that they're they're ready and they're hungry for next season. A big worry for me is that if it's slow, see if the signing process is slow. Yeah. like as with Celtic, you're bringing three or four players in two loan at the end of a transfer window. Again I just think, you know, the squad's gonna be a bit of a, a bare bone start for for next season. You've got a full month there. That's a worry where we where we are. I think that first month we need to hit the ground running. Four wins. Get get it going straight away put the fight up straight away, see there's a couple of draws and we've not got the players in, the pressure's on straight away.
0: The pressure's already on the guy, that's the unfortunate yeah. thing because he, in the fans' eyes, he is not the first choice and it's a thankless task for whoever comes in because, you know, as you say, Paddy, one or two poor results, you don't get that time here. Uh, you mentioned that lone players will need to or potentially form a big part of the squad. I'm reading between the lines here, but is it Wicasso you're talking about you want him back? <laughs> is that is that what you're saying? That Col-
2: goal against Salzburg, i take him. No Colin, gore. Kazim Richards, all aye, these characters. Aye.
0: Um, yeah I mean Loans can be successful But as we've seen All too glaringly The season past there Generally speaking Ilyonussi would get a pass for me But the rest oof. This
1: was the time to stop that mm, This yeah. is the time to say This is our team This is our structure We're going forward And let's let the loan players Go back to where they were And build for the future I get that there's a bit of Panic required at the moment To get players in I still think If Harkin is This you know DMA God football guy He should have Available players in his notebook to say, right, get him, get him, get him Without having to go to the loan thing You could end up shoring up with some loan players at the, you know right before the season starts But we should be going all out to get our you know, top targets We should be going all out to get a management team, first of all And then our top targets But you've got a month to do that,
2: I think My worry with that, though, as well, with Harkin coming in Do we become a feeder club for, for Man City? And we've seen a few players come up from previous seasons And, you know, it, it now speaks that we are going to have a slim squad Yes, granted, there's targets they will be players signed on, on longer contracts, but I just think it's very easy for the City group to say, well, take some of these young Man City players up, which is fine, but you don't want these guys coming up for one season, having a good season, and we're not reading anything from that. There's yeah, no... John
0: Gaudetis and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, it's funny because there has been success with those guys like Gadetti have come up fairly talented. Jason Denier, these these different characters and a few others. You're right, Paddy, if you got them for a couple of seasons and different things, it's something else. But as you say, if they're only up on loan and there's no sell-on value and different things, it's a strange model and it's also maybe indicative of where Celtic find themselves in the, the hierarchy of, of the European game as well. Yeah,
1: if you're going to have a relationship with a group, try and structure how you're going to have that relationship. We're basically getting the relationship we get given from the mm. city group instead of young, young players Coming to Celtic and signing for Celtic, and then if they make it, then going on to one of the city groups, other clubs, Man yeah. City, or another. At the moment you are just getting saying, well, we can't really do him, so why don't you take him and see what works out? Yeah, because there
0: could be a positive relationship
1: there. There obviously is an ongoing mm-hmm. relationship there, and there's the you know the Lawwell
0: kind of family links and different things that are, are well spoken about. But it shouldn't necessarily be a negative thing. There can be a positive way
1: to have that relationship. What that is, though, I don't think we've stumbled upon. That well, there's a culture problem between. Celtic Celtic's ethos And the city group at large Yeah So that you know How how official you want to make that That could be a real problem If you know If that becomes more of an official relationship Yeah if the it offer was fit. made it would, The fans wouldn't be happy with it No I? chance Yeah yeah, it's an interesting
0: one and maybe it's maybe something we'll have to cover uh, in the months and years ahead. Just as you'd said, James, just as we start to wrap things up, I think there's a very valid point you make about football and things can be turned around very quickly. Brendan Rodgers showed that actually, came in in a, in a very short space of time, got a team that were bereft of confidence and a real well-oiled winning machine. My bigger concern about Celtic at this moment in time is all the other stuff, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, the poor comms that we continue to see despite Don McKay's um, you know, CV and what he brings to the table and should bring to the table. I joked earlier on about, you know, over the last 18 months or so, the most golden thing is, you know, people have compared the 90s and all this stuff and it feels like the 90s and different things. But the 90s are a very different feel because you knew you were rotten and it was fine. <laughs> it wasn't fine, but you just got on with it and Celtic struggled and they, you know, they didn't put the right money into the club and they depured, the you know, wrong guys at the helm and different things. The, the thing that makes this all the more galling for me is that 12, 18 months ago, we were top of the world or at least top of the Scottish football world. And it's just been this catastrophic fall from grace in such a short period of time and it's actually you know it's quite hard to to fathom see when you you sit down and look at all the different things that have gone wrong it's quite hard to believe and as i say i joked that had someone gone into celtic park incognito and says i'm going to bring this club down from the inside out yeah 2018 they they couldn't have done a better job than what's actually happened so many things have gone wrong so many big decisions have gone wrong and we find ourselves now at this point in time where it's a strange one, and obviously, you know, we're all passionate the fact that we're doing a podcast tells its own story, but I have never felt so disconnected from the club. And that that's where you're at. You know, it, you almost had to pick yourself up off the floor on Friday after the latest catastrophe, but they just keep coming. <laughs> when does it stop?
2: It needs to stop quickly. I'm hopeful under this new regime. I'm, I'm kind of hoping, you know, I are we I'm now finally getting the structure because let's be fair, uh, we've not had, we've not had um, the same challenge in a long time in the last nine years. Take nothing away, you still have to go out and win the games to win the leagues. We've not had the same challenge and they've sat on it. When the work had to be done, it was done, but it was giving a manager what he needed uh, to an extent and hoping that, you know, this guy's going to see it out for possibly five seasons to take us to 10 in a row, which was the the board's goal. But I go back to what I said earlier on, not having a plan B in case that manager leaves. The timing of Neil Lennon leaving Hibs and just being available was very, very... Fortunate for Celtic in that sense, uh, well for the board in that sense, not having these things in place in this day and age, we are meant to be a, a a big club, a major club in European football, and we feel very amateur at the moment, and it's
1: because of zero structure. Yeah, it, and that that's what creates the disconnect. And the, the disconnect is one thing, but you know I've seen a lot of Celtic fans and friends of ours and on forums and stuff saying that's it, I'm done, no season book, blah blah blah. This is a time more than ever where Celtic fans need to be supporters you know, and get right behind the team. Whatever we end up with, things will change, things will improve. So all talk of walk away and stuff, then you need to take a good look at yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a really important point. I think there's been a lot of abuse thrown about, you know, for wanting a better expression between Celtic fans in the last few days about happy clappers and the faithful through and through brigade. I think it's... Shocking to criticise any fan for how they choose to support the club. Some fans renewed on Wednesday at the first chance they got and got grief for it. Aye. How can that be right in this world? Well, you know, what are we becoming as a fan base where you feel it's okay to criticise other fans for backing the club, something they've done their whole life and they've probably done it through their, their parents and grandparents and, and different things? That's shocking that that's even a thing.
2: It's it's each to their own in the matter, and I agree with you. Um, I think a lot of was taken out the, of context from what the, the North Curve had said to the supporters of the section. Mm-hmm. The They're encouraging it, Um, basically sitting on the basis that they're showing dissatisfaction to the board. I can understand their view, I can understand their argument. I will support this club every season of my life that I'm I'm, I'm available to do so and I can do so. Mm -hmm. The worrying thing is for supporters just now is that we're not getting that back.
0: No, I realize and I can understand the North Curve message to their own fan base and stuff. Um and separate them, this isn't about them, but no fan has the right to tell any other fan how to support their club and I that's agree. the bottom line for me. I agree. Um the other thing as well, Paddy, just as we're finishing up. You're right, you know, the, the time to plan for future success is, is in the midst of any ongoing success. When things are up, you know, when, when we're going good under Brendan Rodgers, after season two with Rodgers, they should have been looking at who the next guy was going to be because you know that he's not going to stay around forever, yep. even though the, you know everything in the garden was rosy at that time. And that's the plan. What's the old saying, James, you don't replace the ceiling tiles when the rain's coming in. You know, that's not the time to do that. You do it when things are going well and the sun's shining and that's when you make those... Ongoing tweaks and improvements And Celtic have just failed to do that And they failed to forward plan And that's the bottom line And this is where we now find ourselves So just as we start to wrap up James, any any parting thoughts?
1: The how deal going away was good for me Because it was news It was done Bad news was better than this No news, you know what's going on And if Ange comes in this week And that's the structure and we get that Then that's good We know what we're doing there We need to get the players We need to get them up and running We need to get going But you know I really think this can be turned around quite quickly Despite the absolute shambles that is the PLC, the football side can be restructured and successful quickly. So I just want to see fans get behind that.
0: What about yourself, Paddy?
1: Yeah, I can I can take on what's been said um,
2: as regards Angie being the potential new manager. I'll back him, I'll back him. But it has to happen quick and um, we've not got a lot of time.
0: So there you have it, over three months spent trying to charm young Eddie only to be told the night before prom that he thinks we're a nice fella but he's just not that into his. A quick scoot around football tinder however and we've now been matched with Big Angie P who seems all set to jump into a whirlwind romance as early as this week. What could possibly go wrong? Thanks to Paddy and James for joining me on today's show and as always our thanks to you for listening. If you're enjoying the show please continue to support us by following us and reviewing on Apple, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find us on Twitter at Celtic Exchange and on Instagram at the Celtic Exchange Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. Sponsored
1: by 1010 Podcasts.